Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Kyler Murray got himself paid, dude. And uh, you had an interesting thesis, an interesting article today correlating how that might connect to one Russell Wilson whose you know financial uh future currently is still somewhat up in the air under contract but could be staring down the barrel of an extension sometime in the not too distant future tell everybody what the Kyler Murray deal means for Russell Wilson well this was one of the the dominoes that had to fall before the Broncos paid Russ and along with you know Lamar Jackson Justin Herbert these quarterbacks that are up for new contracts and will be paid a king's ransom uh Kyler Murray was paid that ransom it's a little over 46 million dollars per year and you know uh, on the surface it it in comparison to Deshaun Watson, it's market value. That's what the new barometer will be. But what's different about this deal and why the Broncos should sign Russ now and not wait considering this deal is you see it right there, only $160 million guaranteed. That's not at signing. That's not fully guaranteed. It's probably closer to 100 The devil is in the details when it comes to contracts like these. And you know Deshaun Watson's deal in comparison, all of it was fully guaranteed, two hundred and thirty million, I think it was, whatever. So I, the Broncos aren't going to pay Deshaun Watson money, but I would be more than happy to pay Kyler Murray money, and that still uh, falls short of what Russell Wilson's supposed asking price was. If we all remember that report from last month, five years, two hundred and fifty million dollars, an average of fifty million dollars per year. Paying Russ 46, getting that locked in now before someone like Lamar Jackson or someone like Justin Herbert resets the market again. I'm yes. all for that. See, that's what I've been trying to say, dude, for a couple of months now is the longer you kick the can down the road, the more you're going to end up paying. And Scott likes to bring up, well, hey, you're talking about monopoly money. You're talking about billionaire dollars and you know they can afford. What's the difference between, say, you signed him now compared to you know, maybe a year or a year and a half from now, two, three million APY or X amount of dollars guaranteed. And while there's truth to that, especially when your new ownership group is helmed by the 19th richest man 
in the world, it's still from a, I mean, they're still, everyone's still slave to the salary cap. So if you can get Russell Wilson signed and locked in now, I, it will save you money potentially anyway, down the road. But one of the things I like here, Zach, about, you know, comparing it to the Kyler Murray deal is, you know, sample size is important. And Kyler Murray, he's shown so far through his young career that, you know, he's probably got a bright future ahead of him. The 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 Cardinals are probably pretty safe in throwing those dollar dollar bills at him. But Wilson in 10 years has been to nine Pro Bowls. He's led his team to the playoffs in eight of his 10 years, two Super Bowl appearances, one world championship, and he'll be turning 34 in November. So he says he wants to play another decade, and he doesn't envision himself, Zach, playing anywhere but Denver. I don't know. Just getting paid, and then let's move on to a different topic. You know, this this is just – it's one of those things that's out there that, you know, if it's flo- like the rumor from last month from Russ, the I want $50 million or whatever, if it's floating out there, just getting paid. Just getting paid. Well, to me, the Broncos don't really have any leverage because everyone knows they're going to pay Russell Wilson. He's only signed uh, through 2023. And as I put in the article, even George Payton admitted we didn't bring him here not to have him here for the long term. And they're open to negotiating. And even though those negotiations are taking place at a glacial uh, rate very, very slowly, in other words, they still are willing to open their checkbooks. And maybe when Rob Walton solidified as Broncos owner, I think it's August 9th, that will become official. And the Pat Bolin era ends, maybe then uh, negotiations will pick up. But this is all, you're going to pay him. Might as well do it now, bite the bullet, rip off the Band-Aid, whatever cliche you want, pay Russell Wilson, get that locked in, show some good faith, and reward the captain of your franchise. Scott, for what it's worth, production note, I, I'm, I'm going to have to reach out to StreamYard again because the little delay things, we haven't been getting it on Skype, dude, when we've been doing the radio show. We're ha- we haven't been getting it on Skype. I don't notice it. I'm going to have to reach out to them again because it just drives me nuts when it's not right on. Sam Bam, what's good, bro? Jumping in the chat early before we hit the go live button and throwing down a very generous super chat as he is wont to do. Thank you, buddy. He says, evening chat and Zach, can't wait for training camp to get here to see Russ and the team in action. What's the health status looking like going into camp? Is Randy Gregory still recovering, or will he be a full go at camp? And then it looks like a record prediction, 12-5. and five. Zach, what's the last thing we've heard on the Randy Gregory front? There being – the word I heard was evasive, uh, the Broncos coaching staff, about Randy Gregory, about his um, status for week one in training camp. I think they might – put some training wheels on him considering the money they paid him, the surgery they both elected to do after he signed uh, the contract. He might be very slow out of the gates in training camp. You might not see him in the preseason, but I think the goal is week one, September 12th against the Seattle Seahawks. He did uh, shed the shoulder apparatus that he had on. So he's on the mend. He's recovering, but I don't think the Broncos are going to risk anything uh, in these practices and focus on getting him healthy for week one. As Dylan is reminding everybody, welcome in. It's great to see each and every one of you. Kevin, Big Earn, Jay, uh, uh, Greg Smith's in the house, Benjamin Flores, what's going on? Um, make sure you like this this video before uh, before you dip on out of here with us. Uh, and share it's even better if you like what we're doing here. Um, the other thing, and by the way, Christian, he says, training camp is one day after my birthday. I'll be turning 25. Well, here's an early happy birthday to you, Christian. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. Really appreciate that. Um, 
in enemy territory, no less, down in down in Vegas. Zach, back to the, the Sam Bam topic of health, though. Randy Gregory is not the only Bronco recovering. We've also got K.J. Hamler bouncing back from his knee just getting tore up yes, uh, last last season. It's looking like the plan was, the hope was, because you know he his injury, which was significantly more grievous than we first realized, and recovery and all that has been ongoing since, what was it? end of se late September when he suffered the injury. So the plan for the Broncos was hopefully to start taking training wheels off as training camp opens. Do you expect that to happen though? Because if, if I'm the Broncos, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting a while to see what's what yeah. on the KJ Hamler front, because there's no doubt of him making the roster or not. You know, he's a second round pick a couple, couple years removed, same class as Jerry Judy. And he factors into the big picture, including 2022. So Let's not rush it. Let's let him do his thing. You drafted a very fast wideout in Montreal, Washington, who can do a lot of the same things, um, ostensibly anyway, that, that KJ can. But what have you heard? Yeah, there's no rush. I agree with you. The fact that he's not a starting receiver, so you don't have to rush him. The fact that we all know what he brings to the table, Chad, he's your speed demon. That's your token uh, game-breaking speed merchant in the receiving core, and the Broncos are fine there. They have three guys ahead of K.J. Hamler. He's the number four guy, and they can afford to uh, let him take up training camp in the preseason. And like Randy Gregory, get fully healthy in time for week one. Big Earn, been with us a long time. It's great to see you, brother. Appreciate you being here in the chat. Uh, Lawrence Rivera throwing down, jumping in early too. Appreciate that with some stars, my friends. He says Sierra's son out there looking better than Drew Locke. Yeah, uh, I'm just kidding. Don't kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens with Drew up there. But uh, but yeah, Sierra's son, Ben Russ's stepson, been featured in a few workout videos and whatnot, Zach. This is, you know, what we're left with this deep into the true, true offseason. But Zach, tonight is our last episode of this week. We'll come back Sunday night, Monday night, training camp just a couple of days after that. So like we are right on the brink of things going from zero. It really feels like zero right now to 60. Well, just another chance to laugh at Cleveland. They signed Josh Rosen for talking about, you know, quarterback woes. So yeah, that's where we're at in the NFL calendar. Fortunately, we're under a week away from training camp starting and we'll have a lot of content, legitimate content to break down starting next week. Storylines, multiple storylines every single day. This is what, Zach was mentioning, guys, as far as the loosely reported uh, demands that, for lack of a better term, that Russell Wilson might have on a Cover new contract. Ears, Mike. The first order of business for the new owner will be to sign Russell Wilson to a contract extension, wrote or said Mike Kliss of Nine News. Five years and $250 million will be his asking price. Kliss later reclassified these numbers as his presumption and affirmed that no one has asked for anything at this time, close quote, from the article. But that's that's the provenance. That's the source of the five years, 250. That's a $50 million APY, Zach. And considering that, you know, that's just the direction the quarterback market is headed in the modern NFL, I think you charge it to the game and uh, take care of business. Just make sure Russ is happy because you can say, oh, well, what if he gets hurt and you haven't seen him do anything yet in a Broncos uniform? It's like, well. You know, he did get banged up a little bit last year, but one of the things that makes Russell Wilson's body of work in Seattle so special, Zach, is that he managed to avoid the uh, vagaries of the injury bug 
for the majority of his career. I mean, every single time a new barometer is uh, reached, people, you know, gasp and feign this this outrage about how much money quarterbacks are making. When it was 30 a year, everyone was throwing up their hands, 40. And now 50 is the big talking point about how any quarterback can be worth $50 million. Well, in a couple years, that barometer will be 60 million and then 70 million. It's only going to go up and up and up. So you might as well lock in Russell Wilson. If you're on record as saying you're open to a long-term contract extension, it's not going to be cheap. Everyone understands this. It's going to cost Rob Walton a couple bucks or two out of his bank account, but it's worth it to get your quarterback locked down and get your team kind of just, I don't know. It's it's a sign of good faith when you're throwing around that kind of money and rewarding the one guy who's uh, the at the controls of the entire season. We have Eric Weber jumping in one of our great superstar supporters on Facebook saying, mile high salute to y'all. Like the Instagram post of all the players joining Danger Russ in San Diego for pre-camp workouts. Yes, it's just, you know, they're, they're not – Russ is not resting on his laurels. He's keeping everybody engaged. He's keeping everybody on point with him, continuing to build that chemistry, working through routes, working through, I'm sure, actual plays and whatnot. So it's really good to see that they are staying at it. They're on the attack, Zach, and that knowing – that it, it all starts next week. Like they're out there getting after it. Here's the pick. Thank you, Mr. Producer that uh, they're talking about Eric's referencing there. I mean, they, they were, they've been busy boys. I mean, you got Russ right in the middle. KJ's there. Okawebunam's there. Uh, I mean, the, what do you see? Do you see Sutton? Where's Sutton? Do you see him? I can't tell, but I do see Brandon Marshall, a former Broncos receiver. I don't know why he's there, but he is there. So the, the gang's all together. seems like. Yeah, I don't see Cortland Sutton is Jerry, Jerry Judy. I'm looking for the for picture. Where's Jerry in the picture? Anyway. Oh, yeah, he's – hello. He's right next to Russ. Do it. But uh, – and then Timmy P. So, yeah, that's – if if Sutton wasn't in the picture, it's probably because he was in and out. He might not have been there. And if he wasn't there, it's not the end of the world. Camp starts next week. Phil, good to see you, bro. Thank you for the stars, my friend. And hello right back at you. He's saying, let's ride. Hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate that, brother. Consistent, and it means a lot, especially this time of year, helping us keep the lights on here at MHH. Kenneth KB jumping in as well. An MHH superstar, no doubt, but also an alum. He says Russ's baseball helps him avoid injuries because of his ability to slide. Remember when uh, we thought Locke wrecked his knee sliding with that knee brace? Yeah, I do remember one play in particular that was Manning-esque. Anytime Peyton uh, would try to slide as a Bronco, that freaking massive knee brace would just catch and he'd get propped up right. And you're like, oh, that looked bad. That looked ugly. Yeah, Russ has a little more uh, savvy in that department. A lot of Drew Law content on tonight's podcast. I'm not sure how to feel about that. Hey, it's this is just where we are. We're, we're in the July 21st. Now. Yep. We don't complain on this podcast. All right. We love talking about. You know, the top shelf topics from Russell Wilson and his contract to, you know, the wide receivers to the coaching staff, all the way down to like the 90th dude on the roster. But when you've been doing that every single day with no new anything to really wrap your brain around as far as what's happening on the field, nothing new is happening on the field. You know, Zach and I are are so ready for there to actually be new storylines to break down and discuss day in and day out. And that starts next week, and we we can't wait. Andrew, what's up, bro? Good to see you, my friend. Who should step up or step out? 
hashtag MHH for life. Who should uh, who who's under the gun here? Step up or step out. See if we can see say it together at the same time because I had one thought pop into my mind. Okay, so one, two, three. Bradley, Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Yep. See, mind meld, baby. Yeah, he, he's the guy on the on the biggest um, pressure point for the Broncos season because fifth year option. He showed glimpses of being Von Miller's long term replacement. And um, it's going to come down to they either retain him on a new contract, which won't be cheap as an edge rusher, or they let him hit the open market. So if he wants a career, not just in Denver, but in the NFL, he has to show that pre-injury 2018 form. If he does that, he'll be fine. If not, could be a, a one-year prove-it renegade mission for Bradley Chubb. Bob Morris, who's kind of our resident cap analyst at Mile High Huddle, he's been marching through the the key guys that are in a contract year. Bradley Chubb is obviously number one, opened the series, uh, as it were, with Chubb. Dalton Reisner is in a, is another guy that's in a step-up or step-out situation. Pretty much um, anyone on the OL, with the with the addition of Garrett Bowles. Draymond Jones. You know, in the sense that it, he's at least in a contract year. So if he doesn't throw down um, this season, the Broncos could go, you know, here's a few bucks if you want to stay. But, like, if he wants to get paid and he wants to – capitalize on that next contract because this is the final year on his rookie deal Draymond's another guy that's that's feeling a little bit of pressure right now to produce yeah Jerry Judy's up there as well that's an obvious choice a not so obvious one I think is Ronald Darby you know as a cornerback mm. too they're fine with Pat Sertan as a long-term guy but Ronald Darby's not cheap and we both kind of cringe at that signing a little bit so he either steps up and makes that money earns that money or it's time to find a new cornerback too yeah, I hope uh you know when when Darby was on the field for Denver last year, I was glad he was a Bronco. Problem was, you know, he started well at least early in the season he was banged up and that was kind of his jacket coming to Denver was hey, solid corner when he's available. And the Broncos paid him like a guy who didn't have those kind of concerns and that's why Zach and I were a little cringe when that happened, but I don't want to look Ronald Darby, when he was on the field for the Broncos, he was a difference maker. I mean, no corner is perfect. No corner is going to bat a thousand. Even the great champ Bailey doesn't bat, didn't bat a thousand. So there were a few moments where he got torched, but like, especially Zach, when you compared him to the Kyle Fuller signing last year, it was like night and day in terms of guys showing up, producing, doing what was expected of them. Yeah, I mean, that's a name I landed on in the secondary. Also, Kareem Jackson. Uh, that might, might be obvious as well. Can You know, he's on a one-year contract. But there is a young player, a couple of them, pushing for his spot. So he either steps up and holds it down or he loses that title. Yes, indeed. And Caden Stearns, hey, man, you had a very interesting, intriguing, at times impressive uh, rookie campaign. Can you build on that? Can you keep the pressure on Kareem Jackson? I mean – as you say, you know, Kareem's back on a one-year deal. That in and of itself is is pressure enough. But Caden Stearns, you got to keep that, uh, for lack of a better term, you got to keep your boot on the throat. You got to keep it going. Can you do it? Will you do it? Meanwhile, you've got other young guys gunning for what you, uh, for your spot, right? For that uh, projected number three safety from your draft mate, uh, Jamar Johnson, to P.J. Locke, who – continues to stick around this team and even under a new coaching regime he's finding a way to stick around people talked a lot about pj lock during otas and then uh turner yell the uh the what was he of what round now i can't remember what round but broncos drafted a safety so 
I'll, we'll see what what Caden Stearns can produce here in uh, year two. Yeah, he was a late sixth or seventh round pick, I believe Yo was. So, I mean, that's a practice squad guy or a special teams guy. I, my eye is going to be on Caden Stearns for sure because we both thought he had starting potential last year. He's pretty good in coverage. He made some plays and graded out positively according to Pro Football Focus. And we, we both know, everyone knows Kareem Jackson's not the long-term guy, not a five-year guy. He's a one-year guy. Hopefully, Caden Stearns can be that, that successor. He keeps sticking around, though, does Kareem, you know? And his first year in Denver, dude, when, when he was on the field, you want to talk about difference maker. I mean, it was palpable. And each year, that, that sense, that palpable sense of, okay, we, the, the guy that the enforcer, the guy that's going to, you know, wreck shop if you don't handle your business, you know, it's kind of diminished over time. But uh, I'm really curious to see how he looks in a non-Fangio scheme. And I know that the Evero defense is going to take a lot. It's very similar in terms of what Vic did, but I'm really curious to see because Vic, I think it was evident his favorite guy at least as a Bronco. And he even said it, Kareem Jackson is one of my favorite players I've ever coached. Like, and Vic's just not a guy to gush like that. So it'll be interesting to see how Jackson ingratiates himself, not only with the coaches, but how he fits into the, you know, the scheme. Yeah. I bet Vic has K Jack's birthday memorized by now. He was his biggest cheerleader and one of his biggest supporters. Hopefully Caden Stearns can uh, step up. Uh, KB number two tonight. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate that. My friend. He says, did you see ESPN has offensive rankings um, drop even though Sutton is one year healthier and the rest of the offensive weapons are the same? Yeah. So so I haven't seen that, Zach, after our show today on 98.1 uh, FM in Denver. I had a couple of honeydew errands I had to run to take care of, so I haven't seen that, but drop some knowledge on us. This might be the Bill Barnwell piece that Kenny's referencing, which he dropped today, and he ranked – I think every team's like uh, supporting cask or uh, skill players, receiving weapons, whatever. And he had the Broncos. Can't remember the number. I think it was ten or eleven. But the laughable point here is that he had Seattle ahead of Denver. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. I, I would stack the Broncos' weapons versus the Seahawks' weapons, and I would choose the Broncos every single time. So again, it's one person's opinion. It's another ESPN talking head. These guys don't cover or know the Broncos like we know the Broncos, and it's irrelevant at the end of the day. So take it for what it is. Yeah, that is definitely weird. We talked about this today, in fact, on the Mile High Huddle show, that this is Russell. This is easily, the, the I think, the deepest, most talented supporting cast that Russ has had, at least dating back to those Super, uh, Super Bowl years. But even the Super Bowl years, Zach, he was making hay with guys that, you know, were undrafted outside of like Marshawn Lynch. Like he was turning Doug Baldwin into a household name for like fantasy football owners and things like that. Now you got Cortland Sutton, Pro Bowler, Tim Patrick just got paid, Jerry Judy, first round pick, Albert O, Greg Dulcich, two-headed running back attack. Like how you could look at anything Seattle has. I mean, I, I get it. Fant just showed up. So now you got two first round guys, you know, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, uh, Curse. I don't know. I still think the Broncos come out ahead on that quite handily. Yeah. And considering the Broncos coaching staff, just as the, uh, the other contributing factor here, I'll take Nathaniel Hackett over Pete Carroll in terms of an offensive game plan, but that's my opinion. 
the Duchess throwing down. So good to see you, Michaela. Appreciate you. How have you been? We've missed you. We haven't uh, been able to talk with you since, what was it, Monday night? And, you know, we've just been looking forward to it. She says, a weird day with Kyler's new contract. I think this starts the clock on Wilson's contract before it gets um, more lofty, costly. maybe. Costly. Love MHH. Love you right back. And that's what I've been trying to say, man, for a while is, you know, the same principle as, hey, as when gas just kept going like this, gasoline. It's like, hey, you know, more often that you can kind of fill, it feels like you're spending more, but you're, you're actually saving some because the more often you just keep buying what, what it is today, knowing that it's going to be more tomorrow, you're saving yourself a little bit of money in the future, or at least, you know, that's the idea. Yeah, emphasis on that's the idea. You know, I'm, I'm driving a Mustang out here and I'm, I feel like I'm filling up every other day. So hopefully it keeps going down. Yeah, dude, I filled up my truck the other day and I probably sounded like Donald Duck. I was just like, I was looking at the butcher's bill at the, at the gas, I'm like just naughty words. Thankfully, no kids were with me. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Zach, what do you suppose we talk about the guys that are under the gun, the guys who need to show out to earn that next contract. You know, we've talked a lot about Bradley Chubb. We've talked about Dalton Reisner. What do you suppose contract wise Draymond Jones might be in line for? Because Bob in a very nice article, guys go read it at milehandle.com. Um, very thorough. I'm going to quote him here real quick. And then I want to get your take on this Zach and keep in mind that some of the references he makes here are uh, from earlier in the article, but he says, quote, don't expect Draymond to take a contract similar to teammate DJ Jones, who got three years, uh, 30 million. Draymond is more likely to want to surpass Javon Hargrave's $39 million uh, total value contract. That might mean Draymond is in line for a four-year, $56 million contract next season with $28 million fully guaranteed, given that he will be just 26 in January. He's in position for a higher payday and a contract for four years, even if such deals are often two years and then we'll see from a practical standpoint. If Jones surpasses 30 quarterback pressures, I still wouldn't expect him to hit the very top of the market, you know, like Aaron Donald money. However, there's a real chance he could push for $15 million per year in a new deal. And then he brings up how, you know, Broncos have two other key pending free agents in Chubb and Reisner. They're going to have some tough decisions. The kind of the vibe is they're going to probably end up if this is assuming all three play well this year, they can probably only afford to keep two of the three. And uh, if that's the case, though, which two do you keep? Only time will tell. But what do you think about that, Zach? Four years. This is assuming Draymond like really builds on what was his best year last year and like, you know, turns a corner in a sense. Four years, 56 million bucks, putting him up there in that uh, next echelon of of D-line pass rushers well if it's a beastly interior defender and a, a, a starting edge rusher i'm definitely taking those two guys and telling dalton reisner to kick rocks i'll find a new left guard i was going to say that his next contract the floor will be dj jones but obviously bob morris disagrees i don't know that i would go so high you know four into 56 but that depends on what uh draymond does this year if he adds a pro bowl to his resume as we think he could and should um, he's going to be even more costly, but I'm keeping him around. He's probably my biggest priority. Uh, Bradley Chubb aside, heading into next year because his potential, Chad, mini Aaron Donald. I know it's a, a, 
lofty thing to say. I'm not saying full Aaron Donald, but what he can do to a game impacting opposing offenses as a run stuffer and a pass rusher, you invest in those guys in the trenches. All right. We talked about this on uh, the Mile High Huddle show yesterday. We talked a little bit about it today. Um, But the headline here, NFL analyst, there's a reason the Seahawks moved on from Russell Wilson. So a little segue here. Uh, The Athletics' Larry Holder recently took to the airwaves to unload, as it were, all of his misgivings and skepticisms about Wilson's move to the Mile High City. I'm not going to read this whole quote, but here's what he said. Uh, uh, The cliff notes, I'm not totally sold on Denver just because Russ is there. I think they've got question marks. There's a reason why you're moving on from Russell Wilson. You don't move on from a guy if you're not ready to do it. I know there was a burn bridge between Seattle and Russ at that point, so you move on. But still, I'm not totally buying in that Russ is going to bring Denver to the promised land. In terms of just winning the division even, I'm not totally sold on that right now. Close quote. Zach. Same thing I said on the radio show for those who didn't hear me the first time. I don't care what Larry Holder says about the Broncos. His opinion is honestly irrelevant to me. He doesn't cover the team. He hasn't been around the team. He's another flapping mouth espousing away about the Broncos. And he's entitled to that. That's his opinion. I happen to disagree. They do have some question marks, Chad, but they are unquestionably uh, tenfold better than they have been at any time since Peyton Manning and their legitimate playoff contenders. I understand the the question mark some people might have in the sense that like we used to talk about hey you know back in the when the broncos were constantly wandering the quarterback desert and the 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 uh, the new league year was rolling around and who could we sign this case keenum and we say beware because there is no such thing as a free agent franchise quarterback meaning that teams don't let bona fide franchise guys go like that and the same argument can be made in the case of a trade And so I understand how some people might look at the Seahawks trading Russell Wilson away, you know, albeit toward the end of his prime. I still feel like he's got another couple, two years left or so of his prime before you might start really noticing a a decline of any kind. Uh, I can understand why people go, what was the real story there? Because Russ, top five quarterback. I mean, even, even the most stingy analysis, top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Why was Seattle willing to move on from that? Why didn't they just find a way to smooth things over? Like something's uh, something's rotten. What's going on? I understand the question mark. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with it, the sentiment per se, but it's fair for people to question that, I think. Well, what bothers me is that he raises the questions but doesn't provide any possible answers. You know, why is that the case? What's your reason for saying that? It's anyone can do that. And honestly, Chad, the skepticism and hate surrounding the Broncos, Russell Wilson or not, is getting really old and played out. Phil, do you guys think that Allen could be a sleeper this year? Who else comes to mind, Zach? Yeah, Christopher Allen, I'm assuming the uh, outside linebacker from Alabama, who the Broncos signed as a UD undrafted athlete. rookie. Yeah, he's uh, he could be a good one, but where does he fit in? You're moving Baron Browning to edge, and you don't have a place for him. So Allen, if he even makes the 53, could be a deep, deep rotational rusher, special teams guy, practice squad guy, whatever. Another player is Jaquan McMillian, undrafted cornerback. He can push for slot duties, and if he has a good camp, I wouldn't be surprised to see McMillian make the 53 over Asang Bassey. Those are a couple names uh, for me, Chad. How about you? I think Allen is a like deep, deep sleeper. I think he's almost guaranteed a practice squad spot now because of what they gave him and promised guaranteed money as a college free agent. 
But remember, he's been hurt, so they haven't really been able to right. roll him out quite yet. But based on the money they promised him, even if he doesn't, like health-wise, he's not able to like right out of the gates participate and throw down alongside the likes of the Nick Benitos and the Jonathan Coopers and the Malik Reeds, um, he's still probably going to make the practice uh, squad as a floor. I don't really see him as a sleeper sleeper, though. Sleeper to me... You know, yes, no one's talking about him. He's, you know, he's flying under the radar in that sense. But then there's also a component of, you know, like going to let you know type thing, like break out, like have a big role on the team. Then you're just maybe not foreseeing it. I'm not saying that's impossible with Christopher Allen, the undrafted rush linebacker from Alabama. It's just that there are so many different dominoes that would have to fall that are outside of his control before that could even become like close to being the case as far as like impact player. You want to go true sleeper by definition. Mike Boone at running back, third running back, whatever he's going to be, uh, is one. And also, Chad, future NFL MVP Brett Rippon as a sleeper <laughs> in the Broncos quarterback room. Yes, indeed. Yeah, don't sleep on uh, Kurt Warner, 1999, part two. And I know, look, we've, we've made some hay on that Barnwell story. Barnwell was just having fun in the offseason. Like, you know, he was just throwing darts, having fun, like – almost like a creative writing, uh, you know, project or something That's like a tranquilizer that. dart, Chad, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but still like it, at the very least, I got to relive one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time, which was the Kurt Warner 99 season reading that article. Otherwise, you know, aside from it being slightly entertaining, there's no real merit or substance to the notion that Brett Rippon's even going to, make the roster, let alone be this team's or the league, I should say MVP. Yeah. We have Lawrence coming in with big stars. Appreciate you, Lawrence. Yo. So much. Lawrence goes with all the new rules. Which positions are the ones we should be investing in? I say that because some positions used to be the focus of the team as in making all the plays, but now I feel like the rule changes have made some positions obsolete. I know you guys have mentioned fullbacks being one, but what's some other positions that are Wow. Yeah, fullback is definitely one. I would say inside linebacker comes to mind right away, considering the Broncos are fine with who they have there, Josie, Alex Singleton, and uh, Jonas Griffith. And Everett's scheme, it's a de-emphasized position, so I'll say that's kind of going the way of the Dodo Bird. You want more of a hybrid linebacker than a true off-ball linebacker. You know, Thomas Hall, the host of the Legends of Mile High podcast every Friday morning on Mile High Huddle, he's been really... Uh, fixated not in an, in some you know i'm not saying like unjustly but bringing up the fact that fullback's going to be a bigger role in the nathaniel hackett offense than it's been in recent years which explains why the broncos actually threw some money at uh andrew beck to come back and play play some fullback we'll see how much that shakes out i mean even you look at san francisco's offense you look at the packers offense running the um, the zone, the wide zone, little fullback lead blocking action. I still think, especially considering who you have under center now, it's still going to be pretty sparse. But fullback, you know, it's going the way of the dodo. Off-ball linebacker will never truly, in my opinion, disappear because you got to stop the running game still. But uh, as you go from base defense being your 80% of the time, it used to be, Zach, like not so long ago um, – you know, even like you think back to the 05 Broncos that got to the AFC title game with Jake Plummer and Champ and Al Wilson and all that. I mean, those teams played mostly still 
in base defense. And nowadays, you know, back then, the only time you saw sub packages and nickel, you come in on third down or second and longs, third and longs, when you could really anticipate with uh, accuracy that they were going to throw. Now, dude, that's that's what you're running 90 percent, 90 plus percent of the time is your base package, which takes off a linebacker. And in the case of Evero, what you're hinting at is they might not use any linebackers in some of these sub packages where it's like just a big a big safety playing dimebacker in the middle. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because what I've noticed around the NFL, not just with the Broncos, but the evolution of the defensive back, I think cornerback and safety could eventually merge into one position because a lot of corners can play safety now and vice versa. Look what Simmons did for the Broncos. He played nickel corner a few seasons ago because of how beat up they were, and he held his own at that position. Another one that's kind of obsolete now is blocking tight end. Even though the Broncos signed two of them, you ideally want your tight end one to be adept at blocking and pass catching, and that's the hope with uh, Greg Dulcich. Yes, I see some questions here. Um, how we can listen? How can we listen to Mike? Wants to know the um, the show, our new show on Mile High Sports Radio. Um, let me find the link for you. So you can stream if, if you're not in the Denver market and you want to listen live. The good news is you can. There's a link, all right, and it's on the community tab on on YouTube, um, and it's also on Twitter. But I'm going to put it right here in the chat and bookmark that every uh, weekday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. The Mile High Huddle Show, which is myself, Zach, uh, doing our thing in kind of a radio format and. Um, you know, it's about to get crazy starting next week. So that's how you do it. Uh, go to the Mile High Sports link that I put here, and that's the Listen Live, and uh, make sure it's just 2 p.m. and you won't miss it. Yeah, appreciate you guys. If you check that out, we have GLP popping in the legend Gary Leach Palmer. Yo. He says, hey, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Hello, Broncos country. Keeping my mouth in check. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Appreciate you, Gary. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, – a lot of – a lot of shade, but you know, it's part of the, it's part of the game. Uh, people are going to get criticized. People are going to, they're going to be question marks. Not everybody views the Broncos through a orange and, and blue lens and that's okay. Um, but real quick here, we're sitting at about 37 minutes as we are still definitely in the tail end. Think the football gods of the uh, off season. Um, well, let's, Sorry, let's take this one real quick. I saw yeah, Dolph. I think this is a Young Dolph tribute account. Rest in peace, Young Dolph. Saw him in concert. He was a good artist. I liked him a lot. Kind of sad what happened, but fortunately his killer was prosecuted. Dolph World wants to know thoughts on Mike Purcell. Not a fan of him. What do you think about Mike Purcell, Chad? I think Mike Purcell, um, if he if he stays healthy, has a chance to to still be a good value veteran for the Broncos. But problem is, he he outkicked his coverage, so the Broncos paid him, and then he promptly got hurt, and he just hasn't been the same guy. And it's not to say that Mike Purcell didn't see the field last year; like he got hurt in 2020, right after the Broncos paid him. He saw the field a lot uh, last season, and the problem was, man, you know, he would just shoot the wrong gap. His his um, what gap integrity just wasn't good. He ended up being more of a liability at times than he was a true asset for the defense. So if this new coaching staff and his position coach in particular, Marcus Dixon can find a way to kind of get him recentered and, and, and understanding what his role is in the scheme, 
hey, dude, I think right now if the Broncos had to go to war and play tomorrow, Zach, that's your that's probably one of your three starting down linemen. It's probably Draymond, DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, and then of course Randy Gregory. If you know, if all assuming health and Bradley Chubb, that's like your 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 front five guys. Um, there'll be a few behind him that'll have something to say about that. We'll see what McTelvin Ajim has to say, Deshaun Williams, but he's projected as your starter right now. Time will tell, though, because if he doesn't show well in camp, he's a guy that they could afford to cut and save some money. I mean, speaking of positions that are going out of style, true nose tackle. Ideally, you want your defensive tackle like DJ Jones or Draymond, for example, to be good against the run and the pass. And uh, name the last time a true nose tackle broke out in the NFL. Look at the story of Eddie Goldman, who was a star with the Bears a few years ago. And then I think he signed with the Falcons and just retired after signing. It was the Falcons or the Texans, one of those two teams. And uh, this just shows that they don't have much use for them around the NFL anymore. You have big outside linebackers now and you're in. Uh, sub packages more often than not there's no more real base defenses anymore so you don't need that pure nose tackle yes indeed you know what's fun zach is we sit here doing the podcast and um back to back after doing the radio show like this this is not throwing shade on the radio show because it's fun too don't get me wrong but it is even in the slowest period of our cycle right now where we have maybe a quarter of the number of people in our room live that there will be even a week from now when we go live. This is so much more fun talking with you guys and doing the podcast than it is doing the, the radio show. Radio show's fun. It's not like it's it feels like work to us. It's not like we're going, oh, no, we got to do this. But the podcast, dude, having so much fun just sitting here talking with you guys, talking football. Because Zach and I, we talk every day, all the time. You know, that's what we do. And then we get on with a microphone and, and lights and a camera on. We talk to each other uh for the radio show but this is the best because we get to talk with you guys so thank you for being here appreciate you bringing that in for us love you you know everyone has that comfy pair of clothes they put on when they're home chat you don't go out wearing it it might have a hole in it it might be off color but it's comfortable and you feel good when you put it on and y'all are that shirt for us i can speak for myself for me anyway i, I love talking with y'all it's like riding a bike it's second nature and it is a lot more fun i agree with chat wholeheartedly all right, we're, we're going to grab one or two more, and then we're going to dip for tonight. So if you got a burning topic or question, get it in the chat. Robert Otteson throwing down a super chat. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, hi, guys, from Nevada. Do you think any of our rookies will have a major impact this year? Also, everyone remember to get your swag at the MHH store. That's right, bro, Nevada. So technically enemy territory because Nevada is now a Raiders market. So this is this goes to show and goes to prove once again, guys, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. It's wherever you are. And Robert representing behind enemy lines. Zach. Yeah, appreciate you so much, Robert. Uh, in, in terms of the rookies, you, you got to look at the higher round rookies because a lot of the late round guys are practice squad stashes or maybe even outright cuts. So you look at Nick Benito. He should he better being the Broncos, essentially their first round pick, at least the first one they made after the Russell Wilson trade, you take an edge rusher when you really didn't need one. He better make some sort of impact in year one major impact. It might be hampered by a numbers game because there's so many other edge rushers ahead of him. Greg Dulcich in the second half of the year could make a major impact. We talked about that on the radio show today, chat about the uh, Alberto outlook and the tight end room outlook. And it might be Alberto is the tight end one start, but by mid season, Greg Dulcich, could be that tight end one so he can have a big impact down the stretch 
We shall see indeed. And by the way, bringing this up, it's, you know, we, we probably should do this more often. Thank you, Robert, for the assist on that. Guys, our new store, lots of new designs that you haven't seen before. All right. A lot of new uh, different merch swag options. All right. HuddleUpPod.com. Starting next week, though, we're taking it to a whole other level. We're debuting new de- designs and we're going to structure segments around it. We want to involve you guys around this. So stay tuned for next week because we're dropping some new stuff and it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, but yeah, the merch is there. It's another great way to support what we do here at Mile High Huddle. And uh, also represent the brand yourself and represent your team colors because we keep it Broncos colors here. But Zach, let's dip, dude. We have to give Michael Ronquillo, considering the legend that he is, some love. Yes. Evening, Scott. He says, evening, Michael. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you tuning in with us. But that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. Getting out of here a little sooner than usual. Wow, I just completely glitched. A little sooner than usual. Back on Sunday night, same time, same place. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott at Scout Kennedy. We just showed the store, but just in case, one more time, huddleuppod.com and get yourself merch that's there right now and new merch coming soon next week, as Chad said. Exciting stuff coming soon. Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page, guys. If you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if you can't do those things, as you see ticking below you, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That it does. Appreciate each and every one of you. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight, throwing down stars, Phil McLaughlin, Lawrence Rivera, GLP, Andrew Baker, Eric Weber, and then our great Super Chat superstars, Sam Bam Christian, KB, The Duchess, and Robert Audison. Much love and respect. Thanks to each and every one of you. And uh, enjoy your weekends. It's your last weekend without actual Denver Broncos activity taking place. So rejoice, celebrate that. And Zach and I will see you, of course, uh, Sunday night. Don't forget you got Legends of Mile High podcast with Thomas Hall tomorrow morning on the bright. Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.